Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, Dude. after a long summer of dreadful Giants baseball, we are back. We're back, dude. We are back. Hockey is just around the corner. Hockey is happening right now with the rookie tournament. Dude, I'm sure you've been watching the live stream. Oh, oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. No. Oh, wait, no. Dude, what? (laughs) What's the matter with you? There's a lot of things going on, dude. It's been a long absence. We're organizing the podcast again. I know uh, maybe some people might have left us for dead, dude, but we're not dead. And, no, dude. Uh, well, there was nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about, dude. And I think it's it's only natural to take a a hum. Uh, almost said a hummer sci- a sciatus, but it's a summer hiatus. Right. I know. Hey-o. That's how rust. That's how rusty we are. That's right. That's how rusty we are. Uh, dude, sorry to be doing the podcast remotely tonight, but um, we've got some exciting things uh, planned this year. Absolutely. Including our renewed commitment to dropping a podcast on Monday mornings. Mondays is going to be the new day for the podcast. We're going to try and keep it up all season, which means we'll make it till maybe mid-October, but (laughs) at least now we're committing to it. That's right, dude. We are committing to our known failure. (laughs) That's right. No, we can do it. We can do it. We can definitely do this. We're going to be able to pull it off. It'll be good because I don't think the Sharks often have Sunday night games, so it'll it'll be a good time to sort of reflect on the week. We'll drop it on Monday morning so people will know when they can get the podcast all season long. It'll be fun. It'll be better. It'll be better for the listeners. It'll be better for us. It'll be more entertaining. And I'm, I, I've got a little bit of renewed energy about the Sharks. You know, it's yeah. like we've talked in previous years how some years were just kind of like, Meh. you know, last year we were excited about Eric Carlson and there was some ups and downs, obviously, during the season and all this kind of stuff. But with Eric Carlson signed, and Timo Meyer in the fold, and you know Pavelski gone obviously is the big negative. You still look at this team, and you got to feel pretty good about it, especially since there's so there's a lot of uncertainty in the league right now, which we're going to talk about later in the show. But dude, the the big thing that's happened recently in the Sharks news is something that we all expected would happen, and that's Jumbo Joe Thornton resigns with the Sharks. Although I don't know if any. If we necessarily would have called, he would sign, frankly, this early. Some of us even guess that he may not even start the season and sort of like, you know, chill for a couple months and then come back in the new year or something like that. But no, he's back. He's back in the fold. He wants to play. He's not even talking about like missing games. He's like, no, I like playing the games. That's the fun part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want, man. Whatever you want. He says he feels as good as ever. So, you know, uh, I take him in his word. He was good last year. He was. Yeah. He was good for. Uh, you know, if if he can be as good as he was last year at 40, like he will be an incredibly useful piece on the Sharks. He seemed to embrace his role. And uh, we know how important he is, not just on the ice, but off it to this team, especially with will be a, a leadership transition uh, for the Sharks, you know, losing Joe Pavelski, who may have been uh, their captain, but what has been mentioned many times by many people, well, Pavelski may have worn the sea. We know who is in charge of that locker room, and it's Joe Thornton. That's right. 
That's right. He's so, the straw that stirs the drink, as Randy Hahn so famously said a long time ago, even before he was captain. And then he was named captain, sort of famously not during a bit of a spat with Doug Wilson. Then Pavelski gets the C. Now it's open again. I guess there's really two players in contention for that title. I know, you know, a lot of people tend to say that the fans put too much stock into this sort of thing, into the, who who wears the letters and all this kind of stuff. And and Jumbo in in the interview when he signed, they said, "Oh, do you think you'll you'll get an assistancy?" He's like, "I don't care." <laughs> He's like, I don't, "I don't even care. It doesn't matter." Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the one guy who did say in a recent interview that he does want to take on a leadership role is Eric Carlson. So right now, it certainly seems like Eric Carlson and Logan Couture, who, especially after his playoff performances, seem like the runaway front run, you know, the runaway contender for for the new captaincy. I'd say those guys, maybe it's not neck and neck. I'd still definitely give the edge to Couture since he has, you know, tenure on the Sharks. But Carlson was the captain in Ottawa. He said he embraced that role and he and he likes it. So it's possible that since he signed such a long-term deal, he might... He might wear it, but I, my money's still on Couture. Yeah, I think you're right um, with Carlson uh, wearing an A, and you know, and then the other A. I'm no, I don't know. You know, we'll see um, who that ends up being. But uh, it, I think the the natural progression here is that this is Logan's, uh, you know, to to have, and he's earned it. He's earned it by his play on the ice, and um, it will certainly be different, but. I think it's not that big of a deal, especially since you're right. I mean, as long as Joe Thornton's around, which the way he's talking, he's not, this isn't another year. Like he could still just keep coming back. Yeah. Right. Um, That this team has enough personality on its own that um, you're not leaning on just one guy to be uh, the leadership voice in the room. You've got a great leadership group uh, on this team that goes several players deep. And, uh, but I think given Couture's tenure, it's his C to have, dude. I think that's true. I, I think that's definitely the case. Actually, one, one voice that we've seen a little bit in the media, although maybe not in the last week, but certainly a couple weeks ago, there was some articles written about the new labor deal or the labor deal as it stands. And I guess both the Players Association and the league had the choice to open renegotiations for next year and to end the current labor deal, but the league elected not to do it. I don't think the players have made, have chosen one way or the other. I think they still have a few more days to choose, but it seemed to be a good sign. But one, one voice out there in terms of those kinds of things was Mark Edward Vlasic, who, who had some things to say about the current situation with escrow, which I know a lot of players, uh, have very strong feelings about and I know a lot of our fans don't care about it all because there's no more boring subject than players salary escrow so I'm just going to leave it there but it was sort of interesting to see Vlasic kind of outspoken in that because I don't know if he's the players rep or whatever maybe he is for the Sharks maybe he is the rep but um, to see him you know use some pretty strong terms in terms of you know how much the escrow situation is, is screwing players and how they don't like it and all these kinds of things and you know strong words uh, that you don't normally see uh, from Mark Edward Vlasic, so I, I made note of that. That was interesting to me, anyway. But yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think we're going to have another labor stoppage. I don't think it's going to come up again. I think mostly, for the most part, people are kind of happy where things are. Of course, everybody's going to grumble about something or other. But I think the game's in a decent spot, so no one's getting totally screwed here. 
Yeah, Pickles wants more pennies. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Fork over. Don't, don't mess with his money. That's, That's right. when you're going to start hearing from Pickles. Yeah. Maybe they need to get him a little bit angry and before the game just say, hey, hey, Mark Edward Vlasic, the escrow's all out of whack. <laughs> and he'll go, what? You thought you were getting this much in your paycheck, but you're getting half of that because of escrow. <gasps> I'm going to take this all out on the Calgary Flames tonight. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right, dude. So uh, with Joe Thornton being back, and, a Pat, and apparently Patrick Marlowe not. Yeah, that's a big that's big news, right? I mean, didn't we have a bet on this? I don't remember. I mean, <laughs> if we did, I probably had it right. No, I know you did not. Uh, <laughs> I know if we had a bet, it was you bet Patrick Marlowe was coming back, and almost everything happened. Like he got traded yeah. to Carolina, they yeah. waved him, he came yeah. back, he was skating, yeah. and the whole thing. And then yeah. the very last step didn't happen. Doug Wilson's like, mm, ah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's well. I mean, we actually did get a question uh, from a listener, dude, and I'm going to pull it up. So sorry for not being fully prepared, but this is exactly when are on we the ever top. prepared? And I believe it was from Alex. All right, so Alex says, "I know everyone has a theory about Patrick Marlowe, and here's mine. Marlowe will not start the season as a shark, duh. However, he'll practice with the team." and maybe travel with them a few times. Interesting. I think he won't sign with Arizona, but leave him, uh, himself available when, not if, the Sharks have injury problems or need another winger, uh, or he'll retire and work in quote-unquote scouting for the Sharks. Dude, do you think it is... what what On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you give Alex's theory that the Sharks may turn to Marlowe at some point this year. Wow. Uh, I give it like a two out of 10. Um, I think if the Sharks were going to do something with Patrick Marlowe, they would have already. You know, he's a, he's a respected veteran, and I don't think the Sharks would expect that he would be available. I mean, this is a guy that was making $6 million, and that was really the only reason why Toronto didn't want him. Toronto has a, a big problem on their hands with Mitch Marner right now. They traded him to Carolina. Carolina wanted him to play. Uh, and he said, no thanks. Um, I'd rather see if I can make it in San Jose. I think there's no doubt that some team in the NHL will want him. I don't think Patrick Marlowe is going to you know, take table scraps from the Sharks. If he wants to play, he's going to find a team that will pay him and play him. And if he doesn't want to play, he's going to retire. I, I don't think that we're going to see him just sort of hanging around and hoping the Sharks are going to take him on. Uh, that doesn't seem like a, a good plan for him. And I don't think the Sharks would even do it. I mean, there you know we've talked several times about how there's some pretty good young players in the Sharks system right now. Maybe not the the best, uh, you know, uh, farm team uh, rated. But not the worst. Not the worst. But according to Corey Pronman, not not the not the best. Um, the middle of the pack. Upper 20s, I thought. Well, better than they used to be the butthole of yeah. the bottom. So it, It's true. So, But I think there are at least you know three or four guys that might get a look. And I'm pretty sure Doug Wilson is going to go to those guys before he goes to Patrick Marlowe. So unless there's a, uh, a significant injury pileup and Marlowe's hanging around... Neither of those things, I think, is super likely. I, I don't, I don't give this a, a very high probability. And certainly, this, this practice and travel with the team thing's not going to happen. I mean, you got to be on the roster to do that. You, sure. You know, you you can't just hang out and just play around and, and get on the plane. I agree with you. I I would put it at about the same odds 
I don't think it's impossible, but I don't think it's likely. I think that the Sharks have had good success turning to young skill players in the last two years. Um, almost maybe too much success where it priced them out of uh, Joe Pavelski, as we talked about over the summer. That's right. Um, and um, that led to also Pavelski's big year with how good these other guys were doing. And I think it's the two C's. It's Chemilevsky and uh, Chekovic. Yeah, Chekovic. Chekovic. Um, these two kids, uh, maybe along with uh, True, are going to get uh, a shot at, at making this team. And, you know, you look at the roles that, that they're going to be looking to fill, possibly a second-line wing, possibly a fourth-line forward. I don't think Patrick Marlowe really fits into either of those things. I mean, you know, he... He did not. Ha- he didn't have a terrible year last year. He did not have a good year either. For someone who was making six and a half million dollars, he had thirty-seven points. Right. Well, that's terrible compared compared to how much money he was making. He hasn't aged as well as Joe Thornton in terms of his productivity. I don't know why the Sharks need to turn to a player who is clearly near the end of his career and might take a you know as he's taken step down step down each year i mean do we need to have him around for a 20 point season can't we get that out of chemilevsky i mean that you know to use a dom decision term i mean that's replacement level performance is a 20 point season right so So i just uh, no disrespect to patrick marlowe who will likely be the first shark to have his number retired right i mean if he decided to hang it up it could happen this year Right. Right. I mean, and that could be a lot of fun for Sharks fans. And I don't know that he's ready to do that. But if he can't find a team that fits his geographical location needs, which there aren't many to choose from, then um, he may be forced to hang it up. Yeah. And I mean, keep in mind, this is. You know, this is a thing that that Alex and and you and I and I'm sure a lot of other Sharks fans are feeling in terms of sentimentality. But if we had a 40 year old winger who had 31 points and his name was you know Scotty Upshaw or something, right? W- would we be saying, oh, the Sharks should sign Scotty Upshaw? I mean, we would not. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Scotty Upshaw as a player when he was good, but I you know that's just a random name. I have no idea what you know what his situation is but but if we were talking of a similar a winger with with that level of point production no he would not be on anybody's radar right now the the only reason he's on the radar is because you know we have warm feelings towards him and rightly so but the fact is you know doug wilson has to make that call which is like that's a 40 year old 30 point player is not what we're looking for right now i get it yeah i mean i think where the sharks would Joe Thornton signing for $2 million. They have $2.7 million in cap space, which is a lot more than most teams have right now, actually. I mean, I think that puts the Sharks about halfway down the down the path, which is pretty good. They've got some room to play with, which could give him some flexibility at the trade deadline to add somebody. Um, it also, you know, gives them some pretty decent flexibility next year where the Sharks have you know, we'll have over $20 million of cap space and really only Brendan Dillon and Kevin LeBanc to re-sign. Right. Um, well, and and Shimmick, but, you know, I, I don't think Shimmick is going to be playing his way into a huge contract. 
where Dylan and LeBanc will probably make some pretty serious money next year. But Shimmick hasn't done enough yet, and who knows what his health really even is right now, how soon he's going to be back. I'm sure we're going to figure that out in the next two weeks. But um, assuming he's back, it's not going to be on a huge deal. So they'll have some money to play with for next year as well. So I think it's the right call. Let's see if these kids can do anything. And then you've got some flexibility to maybe go out there and add a more useful NHL player uh, with your cap space. That I think there's going to be a lot of teams right now, dude, who are in this RFA limbo that um, some of them are unable to sign their RFAs because they just don't have the cap space or the roster flexibility. And you know Doug Wilson loves to be an opportunist in these kinds of scenarios. Yeah, and let's talk about that a little bit. So there's a lot of teams out there that have restricted free agents that are unsigned. The teams still technically have their rights. Um, the players could sign an offer sheet with another team. We saw that only once this offseason with Sebastian Ajo. Montreal signed him to an offer sheet, and Carolina immediately matched. It was $8 million or something. I mean, that's a lot. But, you know, Ajo's a big big part of that roster he's the future of the carolina hurricanes and and they made the right call in signing him but there's a lot of rfas usually you see one maybe two players but there's a good handful or even more rfas that are famously unsigned certainly the headliner is mitch marner in toronto who is this guy who some people say you might get 10 million dollars or something i that 10 million dollars sounds like an awful lot for mitch marner but maybe he's worth that i, I don't know but but there, he's not the only one, you know, and it's not like we're talking some of these uh, role players or or filler players or up and coming players. We're talking about top players that are restricted free agents that are unsigned by their teams. And Mitch Marner is not the only one. Patrick Laine. I mean, you know, we got some good players out there yeah. that have that are yet to be on their respective teams. And yeah, Mitch Marner had 94 points. She had 94 points. He's 22. Yeah, yeah. Plus 22. That's a $10 million I mean, the, guy right yeah, there. Yeah, he is, dude. And I, I think you you look at it's uh, Line and Connor in Winnipeg. Brock uh, Bozer, Boozer um, in Vancouver. Braden Point in Tampa. Yeah, Braden Point. Uh, and the guy in uh, Colorado. Yeah, Philly has two. Philly has two. Provorov and Travis Konechny. Um, You've got, um, uh, let's see, uh, dude, um, Miko Rantanen. Yeah, Miko Rantanen is the one I was thinking right. of. Right. Um, Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. Right? He, uh, yeah. He, had, he had 77 points last year. So, yeah, dude, the, there's a None of There's these guys lot. are signed. None of these guys are None ready to start camp, which is None crazy. None of them are signed, and there's no reason to believe that this is going to resolve itself anytime soon. They're all waiting on Mitch Marner, right? Right. They're waiting on Mitch Marner. They're waiting on Toronto to set the market because then the rest of them will be able to get paid accordingly because Marner is the top dog in this scenario. So, I mean, when will this get resolved? I don't know. Are these guys all really going to sit out the first portion of the season or, or all of training camp. That's bad news for all those teams that have these key players out. And it's only good news for the sharks. Right. And make no mistake. It's not like the sharks are going to sign any of these players to an offer sheet because they, they have no. no, they have no way of doing that. But, but if a team like Toronto or, or probably, well, Colorado's got plenty of room, but, but Calgary or, or one of these other teams, they got to make room. You might be able to get 
a third line player for not a lot because yeah, they they want that cap hit off the books and they need to yep. pay Matthew Kachuk or they need to pay somebody. And so yeah, that's that could be an interesting situation for a lot of different teams. I'm just I'm frankly still so shocked that so many teams have not signed him, especially when the Sharks just signed their RFAs like seemingly with no effort. Like they they went and signed in both of them to very team friendly contracts at that. You know, they signed Timo Meyer to a six million dollar deal and some estimated that he was worth over seven. And of course the one year one million dollar deal for Kevin LeBanc. Um, you know, the, the sharks are just like, no sweat, guys. We could do this all day. Uh, it 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 just it speaks to the culture that has been created around this team that has also been set by Joe Thornton's um, his his model that he set, dude. I mean, like he's he could have gone out any of these three years and made more money somewhere else, right? But this has been a team first model that Doug Wilson has, you know, put out there, and Joe Thornton has bought into, and everybody else has bought into it too. So, um, and yeah. Some of these guys, they've gotten paid and they've gotten taken care of, right? Sure. Um, and it is a little bit of a leap of faith at times. And Kevin LeBanc is taking a big one. He's betting on himself and he's betting on Doug Wilson to come through if he has another quality year, right? Um, they're not going to just leave him hanging if, if he, uh, you know, has a slightly off year or that he um, has a great year and then they just ditch him, you know? They're counting on him to come through. And um, yeah, that's that's why the Sharks have been able to get these things done. And in these other franchises, that doesn't seem to be the tempo that's set. So good on the Sharks. And, you know, they'll be all motors humming when, when training camp starts and some of their competitors won't be. And that's good. It's good for the Sharks for sure. Um Dude, I don't know if you've been reading. Uh, you know I love the season previews from Don LeCision at The Athletic. I know a lot of our listeners have The Athletic. I encourage you to read those, especially if you're a numbers guy like me. Um, it's He goes really in-depth into all those teams. He makes some pretty uh, controversial statements about certain players and certain teams. It's always entertaining. Um, you know, he gives certain uh, overall rating values, basically, to all the players. And, uh, you know, some of those ratings are... Uh, pretty shocking uh but he makes a good case you know you, you can't agree with everything he says but he he made a case that like for instance drew dowdy is barely a good player right now you know he had a terrible year last year didn't have a good year the year before he had a great year the year before that but there's like we're seeing the slider drew dowdy and he's one of the worst players in terms of performance per dollar in the nhl right now which of course makes me endlessly happy because the Kings are going to be terrible. He projected them to be like the third or fourth worst team in the NHL. So, you know, that's very entertaining for Sharks fans. I encourage you to read that article and, and just soak in the schadenfreude of Kings being so bad <laughs> and, and how Kovalchuk is terrible and, and Kopitar did, had a terrible year last year, etc. Really great. Really fun reading. And, and of course, all the other teams you can really sort of see, uh, you know, where their stance stances are and you can get sort of up to date on some of their new players that you may not know that well and you hear about some of these guys and and he has models to say okay this guy's going to take a step forward and this guy's going to take a step back and all these kinds of things and you kind of get a 
little idea of where some of these teams may sit he does it in reverse order so he starts with the worst teams and goes to the best so you know he's not even halfway through yet so we don't even know where the sharks are we don't know what the best team is but i you know i assume it's tampa of course but but still it's i encourage people to read it because it's uh it's it's fun to see where (laughs) all that all that stuff shakes out again detroit is going to be bad obviously ottawa is going to be bad um but uh yeah there's going to be some surprises i think you know there's some teams that he's like yeah these teams are this team's actually not that bad and i was what i thought that team was terrible so yeah um you know it's fun to it's fun to see that kind of stuff cool dude well we're off to uh a start here with the uh first podcast of the year shaking off the rust ourselves already we're committed we're committed to podcasting every sunday night so on monday morning our listeners can enjoy our podcast with a glass of guy chai and, <laughs> and an old fashioned made by Bo That's, Donut Wheel. Ooh, I think he retired. Yeah, he might Bo have retired, is, dude. I heard he no. retired. Went what? there. Went there recently. I heard he retired. Yeah. Do you, do you think that Donut Wheel had a great retirement package for him? They might have. You know, golden handcuffs to give him the Rolex and the whole thing. <laughs> Sent him off into the sunset. Yeah, they gave they gave him the platinum maple bar. Yeah. <laughs> dude, did you see Evander Kane naked in ESPN's magazine? No, dude, he's he's like in the the issue where all the athletes are naked. He's in there. Yeah, I remember know. like two years ago, it was like Jumbo and Burns, and they had like yeah. the big long fake beards covering their private parts. Yeah, yeah. he didn't have that's, that, but you know, no, that's not my favorite. Um, not your favorite issue. That's not my favorite issue. <laughs> <laughs> well dude if, but, if it was you just check it out it's good good for him good content good good for him i'm happy for him <laughs> yeah me too i don't know <laughs> Yay. i don't know what that gets you what do you get you put do you do you like dude if you were naked in espn the magazine would you like blow up the picture and put it on your wall you know because obviously these guys are in good shape allegedly uh um would i put it on my own wall sure no in your trophy case, you know, next to your, you know, junior scoring champion trophy, whatever. Um, your Mormon League basketball trophy. Yeah. Okay. Now you're now you're talking. Right. Because that. Well, we never won. We never won the, the, uh, the Mormon League basketball no. championship, dude. Not for lack of trying. We tried. Yeah. I just kept getting thrown out of every game. That's right. Doug got ejected from several games. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> But they kept hitting you, dude. I you're didn't like, like it. You're like Tyrone Hill. <laughs> <laughs> dude, good start. Good start to the season. Maybe next week we'll actually have some hockey content to talk about. But uh, Outstanding. Training camp starting. We'll be back next uh, next week. Um, check us out, and you can send us questions at questions at dudesonhockey.com or tweet at us or, or what have you. I think we even have Facebook or something. But um, – but yeah, I'm I'm excited for the season, dude. We're getting started. We're getting rolling here, and 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 we're gonna have hockey before you know it. Let's do it, dude. I'm ready. Me too. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.